I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. This is On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Social media has been a lifeline during the pandemic. It's how we stayed connected with family, friends, school, news, all the things. That's the positive side of social media. Today, we are going to be talking with our guests about the negative side. That will be coming right up after this message from our sponsor. Hey, Jen, do you give your kids vitamins? You know, I hadn't for the longest time because I couldn't find any vitamins that I liked. So much of it out there, it was like gummy candy. And chemicals and unnatural products and things you can't pronounce. Listeners, I, I really encourage you to look at the vitamin labels that you're giving your kids because we know that they can't get all their nutrition through the foods they eat. You said your son's primary food group is popcorn. And we know there's not a lot of nutritional value in popcorn. A lot of fiber, but not so strong on the other essential vitamins and minerals. Yeah. So we recently connected with Haya Health and we sampled their vitamins. Your kids sampled these chewable vitamins. And my nieces and nephews sampled these vitamins as well. We happened to have them in town. And so I let them try them and they loved them. All right. Because... They didn't know this, but there is a blend of 12 farm fresh fruits and veggies, all organic in these vitamins, and they don't have the gummy junk and the sugar and the chemicals that are pretty prevalent in most vitamins. Super prevalent. And that's why I really think these vitamins are a good choice. If you are looking to boost your son's nutrition. If you're worried about what he might be missing out eating his diet of popcorn or who knows what else, this is a good option. We have worked out an exclusive offer with Haya Health for these vitamins. This is just for our Envoys listeners. You can get 50% off. That's half off your first order. Go to Haya Health slash Envoys or you can just enter the code ONBOYS at checkout. That's Haya, H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash ONBOYS. Get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults. That's HayaHealth.com slash ONBOYS. And now let's dive into that topic of social media. Social media has been a lifeline during the pandemic. It's how we stay connected to distant family and friends, and it's how our kids are socializing with their peers predominantly. We share our podcast episodes on social media, and I personally get a lot of news, inspiration, recipes, exercise ideas, art projects from social media, and I'm betting that you do too. That's the positive side. But we all know that there's a negative side too because we have seen it. Trolls, bullying, 
hate speech, humiliation. Joining us today is Ed Peisner, founder of the Organization for Social Media Safety. His then 14-year-old son, Jordan, was viciously attacked, physically attacked, and the video of the attack was uploaded to social media. You want to talk about the dark side and the negatives of social media? This is it. Ed, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Tell us what happened. This is the kind of thing that it lurks in every parent's nightmare, but we don't even want to let ourselves think about it as possibilities. Yeah, I know. That's so well said. Um, as you said, Jordan, this happened at the end of 2016. So Jordan was 14 and a half. Uh, just a typical Friday, walking home from school like he does every Friday. And he had called me and said he's going to stop at the local fast food restaurant, pick up some French fries, what have you. And Like every 14-year-old boy ever. He's hungry it, it, after it, school. He's hanging with his friends. Yeah, you know, the third lunch and he was going to go pick up some food to eat. <laughs> yeah. And and I said, sure, you know, I'll see you when you get home in about a half an hour, which is a normal Friday for me. Uh, I was home with my daughter at that time, who was 12. Uh, I think her friend was over. They were making cookies. And I got a phone call from one of Jordan's friends. And, I, and they all knew me because I used to volunteer at the school. So one of the friends called me and said, somebody punched Jordan. That's all they said. Somebody punched Jordan. We're down here, uh, you know, at the restaurant. So I grabbed an ice pack and I told my daughter, I'll be right back thinking it was a bloody nose or something, you know, I don't know. Right. I mean, he's 14. So stuff has happened, you right. know, whatever. Someone got mad. They pushed and they point, whatever. And I drove down there a very, not in a rush, just drove down there. And I came upon a fire truck, police car, an ambulance, a, a horde of kids. And obviously you can imagine, like I'm getting chills telling you the story yeah. once again. Me too. Um, Me too. And I ran up. And the kids said, Mr. Peisner, Mr. Peisner. And I just said, where's Jordan? And, and they pointed the ambulance. Uh, I'm getting choked up on this one. Oh, thank you for sharing wow. with us. Um, crazy. And I ran to the ambulance. I, I went in there and he's lying down on a gurney. His eyes are half rolled back. There's blood everywhere, everywhere. All over him, his clothes are covered. And I didn't even know, I don't even remember what I said, but the ambulance, the, the paramedic said, look, we're taking him to the hospital. He's, he's bleeding internally. That's Good. all they could tell me at, at that. And, but there's blood gushing out of his ear. And I knew that was a bad sign. So I, I said, fine, I'll, I'll follow you. And I jumped off the ambulance. And then I asked one of the boys that was standing there. So what happened? Explain <laughs> to me what happened. I, I'm in shock. I'm out of my mind. And he said, oh, look, and he pulled out his phone. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah. And again, it's like so hard for me to. He shows me a video <clears throat> of a boy. Jordan's back is to him. He's, Jordan's talking to a friend. This boy walks up behind Jordan and with all his might punches him in the side of the head. You hear this. Mark knows I can't even listen to it. You oh, hear a the, terrible the sound. crack of, of <gasps> just the punch. And then Jordan goes to the ground. And then to make it worse, kids are filming him on the ground. And you see his eyes rolled back and everybody's clamoring to film him. Wow. Not to help, to film. To, and, and then, of course, they're all sharing it. Yeah. And they're posting it and sharing it and they're liking it and they're clicking. And... And you your know, kid's I, not even at the hospital yet. No, he's still in the back bleeding in an ambulance. And so I quickly, you know, I recorded a copy of it to, for, to have it. For Evidence? You're an adult. Right. And then I rushed to the hospital and it was, um, he was at the local hospital here for, I want to say a few hours. Uh, they airlifted him to Children's Hospital in Los Angeles because he had a epidural hematoma, brain, brain bleed. And they didn't have the brain trauma center at the local hospital. So he was airlifted and he spent six days in the ICU at Children's Hospital Los Angeles with this growing hematoma in his brain, you know, between his skull and his brain. You know, that, which, that, which, that puts, moment, which puts pressure on his brain, which leads yeah. all kinds of questions of like, what's he going to be like after this? I mean, a absolutely. Hearing from, and I've said this a thousand times, hearing from a doctor, well, we don't know. He could die. He could this, he could that. 
we just don't know because it's the brain. And I remember being at the first hospital looking at the, and I, I think I yelled at her. I said, I don't understand what you're talking about. What are, is he going to die? And she says, we don't know yet. We, wow. we just don't know. We're, and that it, is not the answer any, but any parent ever no. wants to hear. It's no. truthful. Of course. But- and they have to give you, now I know they have to give you all the, you know, they're showing me a, a, an MRI and this growing, I don't know what I'm looking at. And right. again, I'm holding an ice pack in my hand, still thinking. It's a bloody you know, nose. My, my daughter's home with her friend. The cookies are in the oven. I, you know, all these things are going through my brain. And so, yeah, it was uh, the moment, that turning point in my life, uh, December 2nd, 2016, about 7.30 p.m. when we got to the children's hospital and my life changed forever. My, my family's life changed forever. Uh, and at, after that moment happened and, you know, when we were released from the hospital and it's been a law, it's been a four year recovery still, and it's going to be lifelong. Um, that's when the world of the social media piece came to play. Like I'm seeing these videos all the time and everybody's watching it. And I remember doing some interviews on the news and, and they were asking me questions. And I said, I don't understand how somebody could like this video. How they could see it and share it. It's not a trading card. It's not sharing things like you would back in the day. That is a Mm -hmm. real human that was just injured. And I mean, frankly, I don't even, I don't want to say I don't care that your son landed in the ICU. Like to me, watching somebody get injured is not amusing. Like, okay, we all laugh when, you know, the ball accidentally hits somebody in the groin or somebody falls. That's funny. Right. And that's an accident. and people are liking videos of people being deliberately harmed, in this case, harmed to the extent that they are airlifted to an ICU where they spend six days and yeah. you don't know if your son's going to live or die. Correct. And the person, you know, this this opened up this world to me, obviously, having not had this experience. Um, but I began telling the story at schools. That's actually when I met Mark. Uh, I've reached out to our local assembly member. I just want to interrupt uh, which... for a second. Um, Mark is Mark Berkman, who is also joining us today. And um, Mark is the CEO of the Organization for Social Media Safety, which is the organization that has grown out of this like tremendous and terrible personal pain. And before you go any further, I just want yes. to stop you too and thank you so much. I knew going into this, I am asking you to tell the story of the worst moments of your life. Yep. And I know that's hard. I knew that you were willing to do this because I know that you've been doing this work, that your whole motivation here is you do not want anybody else to go through what you and your family have gone through. And so thank you for sharing that so honestly. Um, it sucks that we need, that people need to hear those stories and hear that emotion, but it matters. Thank you. And yeah, it's turning a mess into a message that has been my motivation. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I relate it to when you go to a bad restaurant, if you, if, well, when we pre-COVID, you know, right. when we used to go to <laughs> when restaurants. When we had the honor of going to bad restaurants. Right, right. Um, we, you know, if you went to a bad restaurant, you would make sure that you told somebody, oh, don't go there if they told you. And this is my whole mission here. It's, you know, no one knows what's going on in this world. And and I, it's my responsibility to make sure people are aware of this. I don't want anybody to have this experience. So that's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet, I don't want to make light of this terrible situation, but it strikes please. me because we, we talk all the time on here about boys and their communication skills and their strategies and how boys especially say 14 year old boys do not exactly communicate the way we as adults and adult females want them to it is such a 14 year old boy thing jordan's been punched like no it, right? the story is more than that it's yeah not, but you know he was in shock too i'm sure yeah yeah they, yes. i'm yeah. sure they all were uh, yeah yeah, so let's bring Mark in and say hello. <laughs> Thank you for being with us also. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so how did you two get connected? And I, you've done amazing work since this connection, so we want to hear about that. Thank you. Uh, so I was a chief of staff in the California State Assembly District that covered the area where um, this happened to Jordan. 
And I actually, this video went viral so quickly. It landed in my inbox within about two hours, I want to say. We, Wait. We yep. Yes. So it was uploaded to Snapchat and it went viral. And, and when quickly. we're talking went viral, viral <clears throat> enough that a legislative aide is seeing it within two hours. Like that is way beyond the confines of uh, kids' social media at that point. It's been ever. Oh my gosh. It's it was it was up to thousands. I mean it 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 actually being a, a a chief of staff for the district, you are tapped in so people are gonna send you things and keep right, you updated. But, but that I mean it it had gone viral. It had been already viewed by thousands. It was, I believe, and it was on the news that evening. That that evening from well. the hospital, so yeah. It it went viral very quickly, and that's how these things work. It 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 just spreads, and and then it's out there. Permanently. Then it's like so, it's like a double attack. I mean, Ed, for yes. you to be at the hospital in the waiting room of the ICU, probably yeah. watching the news to see a clip of your son's attack, like that's a whole nother layer. It's an attack, and then it's yeah. being forced to relive it and see it over and over and over. And you know, I've, I say that to all the kids. I say, this is real. And you're watching these videos thinking they might be fake or they're made it. This is for, this is my life. And this has to live now forever. I can't yeah. ever escape this video. You could Google it and it's there and it will never go away. Yeah. So Mark, you had this video land in, in your inbox. Um, obviously somebody's like, our, our legislators should know what's going on here is why you, you got it, right? Yes. So I, I saw this video, um, I mean, obviously horrifying, nauseating, cringeworthy. I had the, the visceral reaction that everyone has when they, they happen to see this, which I don't recommend. Um, and so I, I immediately had the reaction. I knew intuitively, as most people do when they see videos like this, that these are circulating, these types of, of what we now call social media motivated violence, these acts of violence committed just for the purpose of filming and putting them on social media to get likes or shares. I knew they were out there. Uh, I also knew all these other issues that we were seeing with, with social media from cyberbullying. I had just come out of the fossil fuel sector too. So human trafficking was growing exponentially, particularly in that sector. This was 2016, Russia was happening. So misinformation and propaganda. So we, wanted to do something in the office and we started thinking about how we could legislate particularly for this this violence issue i saw ed ed was once jordan was out of the icu and recovered ed was already out speaking about it in various areas because he had decided he wanted to do something so we met shortly thereafter about two to three weeks after and the first thing that he said to me was i want to turn this mess into a message and so we, we started legislating. I drafted what came to be known as, as Jordan's Law, which we, we passed in, in less than a year in California, which is the nation's first law to prevent social media motivated violence. And Describe what, what the law is, what it does, and what's shocking to me sometimes, and I think we all are seeing this, technology has moved so much faster than the rest of society. So there aren't necessarily laws or guidelines. Um, parents were figuring this out. Teachers are figuring this out. So um, why was, why did you do a legal approach? You know, and you know, trying to legislate good behavior is a challenge. What does this law do? It, excellent point. So legislation moves slowly which often is, is a good thing. You want to be deliberate about it, especially when we're talking about criminal law. But it has not kept pace with technology. It has not kept pace with social media in particular. And so when we looked around, we saw that since 2004, the birth of major social media, these videos of, of social media motivated violence had been growing exponentially. They've been doubling every year they start out in 2004 with about four or six videos of what was called the knockout game oh where yeah kids walk up yes where kids walk up behind someone try to knock them out and for the purposes of filming and putting it on facebook <sighs> back then 
And so they grew exponentially to the point where in early 2017, when we were looking at this, thousands of videos viewed by millions of people, particularly young teens, particularly boys too. Yeah. And so this was an issue and we saw that criminal law was not uh, keeping pace with the trend and not deterring any of it. And so Jordan's law, essentially what it does is it makes clear that if you conspire with an attacker to film a crime, that you're going to be held liable as an accomplice and both par all participants are going to be subject to an enhanced sentence. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. Yeah, and you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no. And they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's Try, T-R-Y dot Easy Melts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash on boys. Now, what we really use it for across the country, because this is only California law at this point, is we use it as a teaching tool. And so Ed is in schools across the country sharing a story and sharing about this law and, and letting kids know that this law is out there and hopefully we can change behavior and prevent our real concerns prevent the normalization of seeing yeah. these videos. We found that in fifth grade, when we go to fifth grade, 80% of those fifth graders have seen explicit real violence on social media. 11 years old. Wow. Okay, we wow. just have to pause for a minute because yeah. Janet and I are both sitting here with our mouths hanging open. And I've been raising teenagers this whole time. Um. I, you heard me. I knew about the knockout <laughs> challenge. I've heard it. And yet somehow I've never really sat to ponder the fact that the phrase social media motivated violence is a thing. And that is a phrase that we need in our society. Yes, I we, have to say, I haven't, I've not heard that until today in that context. phrase, in that context. And yeah, we do need to be talking about it. And, you know, the fact that, Ed, you're saying fifth graders, and we know, I mean, that's probably an average because we know that those fifth graders have little brothers and it's like, yeah. hey, check this out. And I think that's also like the, just the idea 
for kids from a young age is movies aren't real. What happens yes. in movies isn't real. And so, oh, this thing is, it's on my, it's on my phone. It's on my, you know, monitor. Yep. So it's not real either. Yep. And so your message of, you know, such a personal message to get that across, I'm guessing that kids that you speak to in person are quite moved they by are. the story yeah. and they start to get it. They do because they relate me to this thing on their phone that they thought was not real. And now they see me standing here and I, you know, and uh, I, I consider myself the child whisperer. They listen, they listen and, and they're hearing me and um, they're, you know, I see a lot of actually, but shocking is I'll go to schools everywhere, anywhere. And I'll ask them, has anybody seen or heard of it? And hands will go up and it doesn't matter where I'm at. Hands will go up that they've seen that, oh, you're Jordan's dad. I've seen that video. Whoa. Again, like it's a movie, like you just said. They're just watching it, and uh, it's on my phone. It must not be anything. I don't even yeah. want to ask my kids because I'm so, <laughs> I'm squirming in my chair because I'm willing to bet the answer is yes. Possibly, yeah. Oh, my. Mm. And unfortunately, when, like Mark just said, 11th, I mean, uh, 5th 11 grade is 11 old. year old. And they're then they're watching them, and, and again, to Mark's point, we don't want to normalize this behavior, but they're watching and they're just scrolling past on to the next one. Yeah. And so it's yeah. not even. It's not even like it sinks in. Yeah, they just scroll past it, and you know, I see that everywhere I go, every school I go to, I see kids just sitting there and, you know, scrolling. So here's where we come in. Um, Eleven years old, thereabouts. Eleven, fourteen boys particularly developmentally at that age you are all about you know peer acceptance and you want to fit in and you 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 not you don't just want status you need status yes because to have that acceptance and that status is how you protect yourself from becoming a victim like this is still in 2021 the reality of boy world and at the same time, um, numerous studies have shown, and I'm willing to bet you guys experienced it as well, you get a bunch of boys together and they tend to make riskier decisions than they do on their own. You know, it's this it's yeah. this group think. Developmentally, uh, scientists have told us that boys in particular are um, much more likely to overestimate the potential benefits of an action. Like, hey, I'm gonna go viral than the potential negatives, which is somebody could be in the hospital and I could be facing criminal charges. So you've got your work. We, we have our work cut out for us. Um, yes. We're not gonna change, you know, kids developmentally, all those imperatives. Tell me how you see the intersection of this working. Tell me what the kids tell you and how you manage to connect with them, respecting where they're coming from as well. You know, and I'm going to, I'll tell you to answer your question, because it's a great question. What do the kids tell me? Um, it, it's interesting. Kid, kids on average are on the phone or on their social media, you know, between, uh, I think Mark is number five to nine hours. On average, I think it's nine hours that they're on social media. Um they don't want to be. A lot of them don't want to be on that long, you know, but it, it, it is this addictive, even adults, we, we know that too, because I know a lot of adults that tell me they can't put it down. They One more look. It's just one more look for, real quick before I go to bed. That would be me. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, their friends are there, you know, and, and then it's the trying to keep up and you don't want to miss out. Yes, you're yeah. missing out. And, yep. you know, just one more time, see where they're at the whole nine. Um, they they do tell me that they wish they didn't have it. A lot of kids have told yeah. me, I yeah. wish I didn't have this. And that's yeah. interesting for me to hear from, from a 14 or 11, 12, 13, 14 year old is that they don't want it, but they can't put it down. Well, and right? they that, have to because all their friends have it. Of course. It's yes. a necessary, it, it, it's a and necessary evil, if you will. School mm -hmm. is on it too. Like, uh, yeah. So, Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to let Mark tell because I'm so proud of everything he's done. By the way, you know, my life changed. We started this organization. We, we founded it. But everything we've come to right now today is due to the due to Mark Berkman. He is 
just jumped in with, you know, both hands and both feet. And, and he, too, is a parent, but he is not like you and I, Jennifer. Mark has little ones. Mark's a teacher right now. <laughs> uh, my kids are on their own learning online. Mark, uh, he's really given his all. So I'm going to let him tell you what we're doing with the organization now. Well, first of all, that's not true. This is nonprofit is a team sport. <laughs> oh, come on, you guys. <laughs> Mark's face was cringing. You know, he, all these good things it. and he's like, take yeah, it, Mark. You've earned it. <laughs> Drink earned it in. It. Drink it in. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So to continue the story of, of the founding, too, is what happened was we passed Jordan's Law. And usually as a legislative aide, you are going to rely on an organization to be your subject matter expert because you're, you're doing a number of different ah, things. Ah, got it. And so I went and I looked around and there was no one on this particular issue. And there was also no organization serving as a consumer protection organization that was focused just on social media, despite all of these dangers happening and changing and growing. And so Ed was clearly all in and I turned to Ed and said, we, we've got to do something. So I pivoted out of my career, he pivoted out of his and, and we started the Organization for Social Media Safety and it is a consumer protection organization as I just said. And what we do is we protect against all social media related dangers. So the cyberbullying, hate speech, violence, trafficking and I could keep going for the rest of the hour here yeah unfortunately and we do that through a classic consumer protection approach so we do advocacy we work on laws at all levels of government we do education so ed pre-covid is out across the country and hopefully uh soon Good. again teaching students and parents and going to schools teaching them essential social media safety skills. And we do tech development. So we work on software and apps that provide real-time protection against any and all of these dangers. And with that three-part approach, we're hoping to make social media safe for families. I gotta just ask this, cause I'm really curious. What's Mark Zuckerberg think of this organization? They, uh... <laughs> There's no official relationship. We certainly have contacts in all, all of these platforms to exchange information. I, I think it's certainly better for them if we don't exist. We exist to call out things that they are doing that are unsafe. Mm -hmm. So it, it's better for them not to spotlight our work. They spotlight some others that, that are geared towards playing nicely with them. But our mission is is again, as a consumer protection organization. So when they do things or as they continue to do things that are not safe for families, we will call them out. We will legislate. We will do our grass, grassroots work. Thank you for the doing that. You said, you know, there was no consumer protection agency, which is yet another example of how technology is moving quicker than everything else. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being here now. Um, you also mentioned that Jordan's Law was the first of its kind in the nation, correct? Yes. Um, people who are listening to this are all over the country, all over the world. Um, talk about how other people can become involved. I'm assuming that part of the plan is that you can use, are hoping to use Jordan's Law as a model for other states. Um, what kind of movement is there? Can, how can parents get involved and help advocate for you know, laws such as this that can help, uh, you know, this one, social media motivated violence, sextortion is another, you know, big thing that's been talked about in terms of legal redress. Uh, our friend Katie Fearson, he works with um, suicide and has been working in Arizona, you know, with people who encourage other people to take their lives like, Mark, what can we do? What can parents do? Yes, I mean, there's there's so many issues that that we're fighting out there, and so many issues that apply directly to your your amazing podcast, pressured sexting, um, which maybe we could, we could talk about in a second. Sextortion. We have uh, legislation pending in California to combat the issue of uh, pornographic deepfakes, and deepfakes are a new technology 
born and bred on social media where anyone could take your likeness and stick it on someone else's likeness. And this unfortunately is most often being used to take females likenesses and put it into pornographic videos. So it looks like it's a sex tape with me in it, even though I'm like, I did not do that. Yes, hyper-realistic. And our concern is that this is really gonna start penetrating into middle school and high school. And so we have legislation pending to criminalize the use of deep fakes and pornographic videos. And we already passed some legislation that deals with um, the electoral uh, use of deep fakes to interfere in, in elections. So there's a number of things legislatively we're working on, including getting Jordan's law passed across the country. If parents want to get involved, first of all, we need that. We rely on that. Mm -hmm. It is everything to our work and this movement. Parents can go to our website, which is OFSMS.org. I assume it'll be in the show notes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. So you can go to our website. You can follow the links to get involved, to um, help support our work. And you can also, if you're a parent of a child who is on social media or you're thinking about having your child get on social media, because of COVID, it actually gave us the opportunity to produce this amazing new course for for parents to teach parents how to keep your kids safe on social media. It's a a comprehensive course. We found it, it just was not out there when we went looking for it. It's a complete system for parents of what you need to do. So you can go onto our website, sign on to the course and, and learn everything that, that we have to teach about this. And uh, then you'll have some additional options to get involved as well. You're awesome. talking about the buckling the social media seatbelt course, correct? Yes. Love the name of it, gentlemen. Love it. <laughs> that was several uh, weeks of debate. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, this is a free course. It is absolutely free, yes, because we are a 501c3 nonprofit. We were not going to charge for it, and we put it out there. So again, we rely on the support of people that get interested in our work, but it is free for everyone. And the thing I want to really plug in here, parents, all of our listeners, global listeners, go there, get the course, but then step into your schools, step into your boys and girls clubs, step into Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, all the places. I mean, Ed, you're one guy, you know, it's like (laughs) uh, parents need to take this and get into the larger organizations so that they can, so the ripple effect can be broader. easier when you share it with your community of parents, when you share it with your school, when all or even most of the parents, we've all heard the word herd immunity a lot over the last few months, right? Yes, we have. Think of it as similar. If most of the parents have gone through this course and start developing similar rules and similar guidelines, guess what? It is going to be a whole lot easier to parent our children because we're operating kind of from the same set of basic, I want to say should be common sense standards, but no guilt or shame for any parents. Like we're figuring this out as we go. We're, we are trying to help our children navigate something yes. moving way faster than we are. I mean, mm-hmm. deep fake porn going into middle schools just has me. Your head spinning. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes, I know. I'm curious about going back to Jordan's law. I'm curious. Has somebody been prosecuted under Jordan's law? Yes. Uh, So (laughs) they don't keep they don't keep statistics on it centrally. And a lot of these cases, unfortunately, are juveniles. So those are completely confidential. Uh, But we do know it, it has been used. And again, the main objective really was that it became a deterrent and a and a teaching tool. A teaching tool. And that's Mm -hmm. uh, how we hope it it is is mainly used. Yeah, we'd like to have it before the fact, not after the fact. Exactly. Proactive, not reactive. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's been used, and every time there there is a big incident, we uh, obviously people send those stories to us. So we've seen some heartbreaking videos and stories over over the years since we've started so uh, this issue is still occurring we have not been successful in eradicating it yet but we will be one day we are certainly encouraging all of our listeners to 
take the buckling the social media seatbelt course to share it. This is a big, big area, but I want to give people some hope and some take home strategies right now. So I'm imagining, you know, somebody's listening and feeling kind of overwhelmed and shocked. I have to do something. What is one or maybe two things that our parents can do when they're done listening to this episode to make social media a little bit safer for their kids, for all of our kids? Uh, so let's talk the first, the big level picture and how our course is set up. It's set up in three separate sections. So you've got your conversations that you need to have about social media safety. The point of that is to raise awareness around the dangers mm -hmm. that children will encounter when they go onto social media, because a lot of, it's not like some of the dangers when we were kids, a lot of these are just kids don't know about them. Right. So you, and you can't avoid a danger if you don't know about it. No matter. Um, and then two, we're instilling principles as we're having these conversations and talking about principles and values, because that is going to modify behavior around the dangers and to prevent the dangers. So conversations and then setting the rules, which is separate from conversations. It's what rules do you need to set? And then finally, it's how to calibrate your settings, how to calibrate your child's devices, their phones, their laptops, and how to calibrate the settings for the platform. So there's some techie guidance there. You know, it's one thing to say you should use filters, you should use whatever, but like, ah, I don't know how to do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we step-by-step step walk parents through okay. the three of those together are the most powerful. It's, a, it's the system that we've developed that's powerful and it's going to help keep your child safe from, again, a long list of dangers. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm going to add while um, just real fast, Mark, that it's iOS only for now. What is that? Some, some of them. It's well, oh. Apple Apple products that the operating system that we cover right now is only iOS, but we cover platforms and we cover some other settings uh -huh. beyond iOS as well too. So that's the that's the big level picture of what we recommend to parents, but one takeaway tip uh, that we recommend is the concept of or teaching your child the concept of blocking and reporting if they're going to be on social media. And that means that if your child comes across unsafe or inappropriate content, that they're going to block the user that posted that or sent them that message. And they're going to report the post or message to the platform. And this does two very important things at minimum. One, it helps the whole community get unsafe content off of the platform. So mm -hmm. other kids aren't seeing it, other families aren't seeing it. So the second reason is that by creating a rule that your child needs to block and report and then instilling the habit of it, you're strengthening their mental defenses against this material. So every time they see it, they have to physically go and report it or block it. So they are actually doing the action of rejecting the content. And to, to loop it back into the beginning discussion when we're talking about the normalization of violence, we are preventing the normalization of this content. So it'll prevent them from, from hopefully participating in uh, some of these unsafe or inappropriate or, or just morally wrong activities. Uh, and it'll, it'll prevent it from just normalizing in their brains, the hate speech, the sexual harassment. Nice. Yeah. Um, in again, a long list, but but that's a big tip that we like to give parents. That is brilliant. That's really brilliant. And you have to have the conversation with your kids about it. You know, some Absolutely. of it's really obvious, some of it's very subtle, but to start to have that conversation. And, and Jen and I have said this before, the conversations are many. They're not yes. just one. The conversations likely have to start a way earlier than you think they do. Yes. And sometimes they happen at really inopportune times when you're not ready for the conversation, but say your kid barges into your office or as you're trying to sleep or whatever, sometimes you have to deal with it when the moment is there. Even, I mean, that's yes. parenting, right guys? Correct. Yes. Yes. It is Correct. certainly going to be easier if you take a set time and set the foundation Yes. because I can 
guarantee the parents listening that if your child is on social media, they will encounter some of these problems and dangers. It's going to happen. You know, I think a lot of our listeners um, need to take heed of this block and report thing as well, because sometimes even as adults, yes. we, I don't know, forget we can do that. And it also helps put us and our children, we have a measure of control over what we see in our social media feeds. That's a very empowering thing, especially as we're talking to tweens and teens who, you know, they're all about control and they want to have control. Um, you have power, you have influence, use it. Yes, exa exactly, exactly. And you can set those settings and you can make your profiles private and you can pick who, uh, on certain platforms, you can pick who mm -hmm. you're following, who your friends are. So there is a degree of control. It's just about having these conversations and being intentional about it. And you are gonna save more time by doing it on the yeah. front end than on the back end. That's the key right there. Yeah. yeah. Ed, how is Jordan doing today? Great question. I get asked it a lot. And my, my go-to answer is uh, he's different. He's okay. He's with me. I get to hug him. You know, there have been this same exact type of violence towards other children uh, recently as I, I think it was last, well, the, before last year, the year before, before COVID. Um, somebody, this happened to somebody else, same type of assault punched in the head and that person did not survive so again it was a, a believe a middle school child so i get to hug my son every day he's with me i get to hug him he's different i'll never know for the rest of my life if he's different because he's 18 and not 16 or 14 or if he's different because his brain swelled and there was pressure on the brain and bleeding and everything that happened, is he different from that? I know emotionally he is. Sure. But I always wonder now, I always worry about him. I'm always concerned with future, you know, the doctors laid out the roadmap of uh, head injuries. Later in life, you could have a increased percentage of Parkinson's and you could have <laughs> this, you know, all the whole roadmap they laid out for you. So do I walk on eggshells around him sometimes? Yeah. Do I worry more? Yeah. He's with okay. me. I get to hug him. I get to say good morning and good night. And that to me is a blessing. Yeah. I know that others can hear the emotion in your voice as well. And I want listeners, I want you to hold on to that when you don't want to have these conversations with your kids. Remember what you just heard Ed say, remember his tone of voice. Because having these conversations with your children, sharing this information with other parents is a measure of respect and support for what that one family has gone through and what, you know, when there's one, there's more. There are so many others who have suffered through similar things and we don't know their stories. Parents, we have the power to put an end to this. Let's make our social media safer for all of us so that we can go back to those positives. I want to share recipes and art online, you guys. Yes. And kittens. More kittens. <laughs> <laughs> we should put a kitten in the show notes, I think. Maybe the picture of my puppy that I sent you last night, oh, Janet. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You two are doing amazing work in the world. And listeners, I know that, you know, we we often say, oh, you should see Jen right now. And but uh, this has been a very emotional, emotional episode for all of us. And even, Ed, you know, for you to probably have told the story a million times and it's still so profound. Yeah. And um, we appreciate the work that you are doing and we will do our best to advocate for you and listeners out there this is you know this is a line in the sand we got to stand up here for our kids and do something that we maybe haven't even thought about mm -hmm. and it's you know, time I didn't when my kids were younger I, I handed them a phone that's and that's what most of us do and it now Take a take 
take the course. It's so, you know, uh, we, we called it that in Mark's uh, genius behind the name. You don't just put your kid in a car and hand him the keys and say, yeah, goodbye. They take a course because it's <laughs> as dangerous. much as our kids would love it if we did. Right. <laughs> yes. But it's dangerous. Yeah. And it's just so is, you know, so is having a smartphone. It's dangerous. Yeah. So and and the thing and again, the brilliance of the name is you never put your little one in a car without a seatbelt. Exactly. So it's a non-negotiable. This is a non-negotiable. You got to step into this, dear listeners. So Mark and Ed, thank you so much for being with us again. Will you tell us again where our listeners can find you? Absolutely. So we are at uh, OFSMS.org. That's short for Organization for Social Media Safety, OFSMS.org. So you can find the course there. You can find out how to support us there. You can find out our services for schools. uh, And we do individual family consultations as well. If you don't want to take the course, you just want our direct advice. And sign up for the newsletter there as well. Awesome. And I bet we can find you on all the social media platforms. We're on, we're on all. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> or we're watching all of them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thank you guys so much for having us. Jennifer, Janet, thank you so much. Thank you for the work you are doing. Thanks for joining us for this On Boys Parenting Podcast. And don't forget, get your vitamins from highhealth.com slash onboys and take advantage of that discount code. That's highahealth, H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash onboys. Thanks for being our listeners. If you liked this podcast, if you liked this episode, Share it with a friend. Let them know about On Boys Parenting Podcast. I'm Janet Allison, and Jennifer L.W. Fink is my co-host. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.